All right. Uh, thank you, Sunny, for leading us uh, uh, in scripture. Again, I just want to welcome each one of you uh, to the worship service. If you're here for the first time, if you're visiting us, or if you're joining us from outside Delhi, uh, we are glad you could be part of this worship service. We are excited to be doing this. And for the first time in three months, we've actually moved. Uh, we, are, we are doing a few things from the venue in Hoskas Village. So I'm preaching from uh, our venue here. Uh, Aditya is six feet away. And he's uh, worshiping, uh, leading worship from there. And uh, Rajesh and Christy are six feet away uh, uh, and leading us and other things. So we are glad we could do this. It's exciting to come back. We're waiting for the day when we can all gather together, worship God together. I know a lot of you have messaged me saying how we miss meeting and enjoying together. Uh, but uh, soon I'm sure God will make a way for that. We are in the, we are, we've just started a series last week. We are in the series called Teach Us to Pray. And last week we talked about uh, the idea of uh, uh, the first phrase in the prayer that says, Our Father in Heaven. And today we're going to be looking at, Hallowed be your name. Uh, even, even before we start uh, the sermon, when we look to God in prayer. Father, this morning as we come before you, I pray that you will quieten our hearts and our minds. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to uh, receive your word with humility. Open our hearts open our minds, help us to pay attention, speak to us, convict us, change us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, in this, in this phrase, we see the first petition in the Lord's Prayer. We begin with our Father who, uh, who art in heaven, followed by the first petition. And right, uh, right off the bat, you see the first petition shows uh, the priority in prayer. Jesus actually teaches us how to pray. Uh, and uh, in, in teaching us, Jesus is telling us what the priority should be. The priority is not our needs. The priority is not what we want primarily, uh, the, but the priority is in hallowing his name, right? We don't come to God because he's the source of all things for us, but we come to him because he is sacred over all things, okay? So the, uh, today we're going to be looking at what that means. What is hallowing, right? What, what does it mean? Uh, hallowing. Uh, means to treat something sacred or holy. Okay, hallowed, right? Uh, uh, it's, it's an old English word, uh, which we don't commonly use in, in the modern English language. Uh, but, but if you look at the translation, they've translated most of the words, but this particular word, they've left it as it is. Most of the translations use the same word, hallowed, uh, because there is no equivalent English word that can kind of capture the essence of what this means. Uh, we've seen this usage in, uh, in some sentences. For example, uh, you would say hallowed grounds, right? Or hallowed uh, halls of the cathedral or, or the university campus, right? Uh, which basically means sacred halls, sacred grounds, uh, or revered halls, right? Uh, that's the idea of this, uh, this word. It means to, to revere, it means to glorify, it means to magnified right there's something sacred there's something set apart uh, about uh, this uh, this thing that you're describing so jesus uh, teaches us this way he says when you pray uh, you you come to god as father and when we understand uh, the 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 idea of how god is our father we understand the miracle of adoption when we understand the significance of adoption that we saw last week when we understand the cost of being adopted as his children, when we understand that, when we understand the meaning behind it and the implications of it, immediately our posture before him is, uh, is to say, hallowed be your name. 
Our posture is to worship him, right? Uh, there is a sense of awe. There is a sense of wonder, right? Uh, like, the, like the old song that I love, it says, uh, you are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are majesty enthroned above. So I stand in awe of you. And it goes on to say, Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in awe of you. Right? Uh, when we understand that we come to a heavenly father, immediately our posture is to say, Holy art thou, hallowed is your name. And we saw that in Isaiah chapter 6, that Sonal read, uh, when, when Isaiah goes into the throne room of God and he sees the majesty of God, and immediately the song of praise is, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right? And even before we jump into this phrase, and maybe this is, this is coming to your mind, I don't know, maybe it will come even during the series. Uh, uh, Ranjit, is this how we need to pray every time? Right? Let's say I'm in danger. Let's say I, I need something. I, I need to make a quick prayer. Uh, is this the process I need to pray? Right? No, this is, this is not like a process. This is not like a step-by-step -step, uh, guide that Jesus gives us to pray. No, but Jesus is saying this is the content of our prayer. This is the basis of our prayer. When we come to God in prayer, this is, this is who we are. Right? Uh, so when you, you ask, you ask basis uh, on the basis of the fact that God is your father, right? On the basis of that fact of the fact that he is holy, right? And so, so we come to God, uh, but hopefully our prayer is not every time we are in danger. Our prayer is not only when we need something, right? Uh, so this is a beautiful uh, teaching that God gives us on how to pray our posture in prayer. So this morning, we're going to look at what does it mean to hallow his name? Right? Hallow is simply to adore him. What, is it, what does it mean to adore God? Right? What, what does it mean? How do I adore God? How, how do I hallow his name? Right? Uh, there are three ways. We're going to look at three things this morning. Uh, and all these three things are connected. And all these three things are going to build upon each other. Right? Uh, so we see this in uh, Psalm 63. We're going to use that passage to kind of understand, uh, even as the psalmist adores God, we're going to think about how do we adore God. We're going to do three things. Right? One is beholding, treasuring, and rejoicing. Uh, so let's look at beholding first. Uh, beholding. You, let's look at verse 1. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as a dry land, dry and weary land where there is no water. So I looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Right? Let's pause there. Let's just think about this. Right? David is in a situation where uh, his life is threatened. He's being hunted down. His life is in danger. Uh, he is hiding in the wilderness. There is no water. There is no food. And in that situation, he's praying. Right? In verse 2, he says he's looking upon the sanctuary of the temple and he's beholding God's power and glory. And I love the word behold. Right? I love the word behold. What is, what is it to behold? What does it mean when we behold God? What, what does that mean? Right? It means to gaze into something. It means to see and perceive. It is not just looking, but to be able to see and to be able to see and it is paying attention. Right? It, 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 the idea of is to be 
too weighted by state, right? To be cold. Uh, thinking about this, uh, uh, we, we see we see this beholding uh, in a Hollywood movie. Okay, I'm back. All right, we see this. We see this in Bollywood movies, right? Uh, anytime we uh, uh, we watch a movie, uh, uh, the way they introduce uh, the hero or the heroine is in is in a very is in a climactic way, right? They're always uh, they uh, they introduce them uh, by by kind of showing the feet, by showing the hair, by by showing certain things. And I remember when I when I was in seminary, uh, Deepa and I we had some some of the Indian friends. Uh, and uh, we had a single guy uh, here who used to uh, we used to gather in one of our friends' place, and this guy used to come. We used to play a lot of carom. Uh, but uh, sometimes we would watch movies, and we didn't have too many movies that, those days. But uh, somebody had a DVD, and and every time the single guy, right, he would put one particular movie, right? It's a it's a uh, it's a it's a Telugu movie. He's not even from Andhra, but he likes to watch the Telugu movie, uh, and. Uh, Every time he will put this movie and he'll be watching one particular scene where the heroine walks, right? Obviously, the guy wants to get married and he's in love and all that stuff. So the heroine will walk down a flight of stairs and that's when they introduce the heroine in the movie, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating, right? So beholding is, is you, you see this in culture, you see this in, in movies, right? You're captivated by the sound, you're captivated by the hair. You're captivated by smell. You're captivated by the looks, uh, by the innocence of that person or the, the courage of the person, the beauty of the person, how they walk and how they act and how they talk, right? Uh, if, when you're in love, uh, you, you notice this, right? When uh, usually uh, the person in love, the other person will ask uh, the, the, the other person they're in love with. And they, they say, uh, tell, me, tell me how much you love me, right? Uh, what, what do they mean? Do they, don't they know the other person loves? No, of course they know. But the idea is, hey, tell me how much, right? Pay attention. Uh, I want to know if you notice me, right? Uh, tell me what you love, love about me, right? All this idea is this idea of beholding. When you behold, you're paying attention, right? And Jesus actually talks about this. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, he says, uh, uh, beholding is more than seeing. He says, you will see but not perceive. You will see, but not perceive. Beholding is not just seeing. Beholding is more than seeing. Right? Beholding is to be captivated. Beholding is paying attention. Beholding is to be fascinated with. Beholding is to be captured by the love of God. To, to be able to understand who God is. To let it sink into your heart. Uh, beholding is to, to reflect and meditate on who God is. Right? Beholding is intentional. It is purposeful. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord before me always. Right? You, you, you behold, you're purposeful in it. You're intentional about it. This happens when you read God's word. This happens when you sing praises to him. This happens when you listen to the word of God preached. We behold his glory. We think about it. We let it sink into us. We ponder over the meaning and its implications in our lives. Beholding is receiving his grace. Right? Beholding is receiving. John 14, 14, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen, meaning we have 
beheld the glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in verse 16, he says, for from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. Beholding is a, is, a, is, a, is a matter of exchange. When I behold him, I receive his grace. Right? Beholding is, is, uh, is a means of transformation. Right? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Beholding. Right? Beholding to be captivated by God. To be able to notice, to be able to understand, to be able to perceive. And, and beholding, and I want you to understand, beholding is not a means to something else. Right? Beholding is not a means to something else, but beholding is the whole God who He is. Be savor and cherish and praise and worship and adore God for who He is. Uh, this is how religious people come. When religious, uh, religious people uh, pray, right? Whereas people who are shaped by the gospel adore God. And we pray, but we not only pray, we adore who God is. Uh, religious people come to God because they want something from God. But a person who is shaped by the gospel comes to God because they want God himself. Think about love is the reason why our fears are not gone, the reason why we still worry, the reason why we are not transformed, the reason why sometimes we still feel guilty and condemned in our hearts is because we don't spend time beholding God. We don't spend time adoring God. We adore the words of God. We adore the works of God, his character. And so Jesus says, uh, our Father in heaven, and when you pray, pray like this, pray, hallowed be your name. Adore God. So the first step of adoring God is to hallow, is to behold his name. Right. Secondly, uh, you don't just behold him, you treasure him. There is a treasuring of God. Okay. Let's look at uh, verse 1 again and to verse 3 it says you are my God honestly I seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh faints for you and in verse 2 he says so I've looked upon the sanctuary beholding your power and glory and he says verse 3 because your steadfast love is better than life my lips will praise you right David is doing something what he is doing is comparing right? he's comparing his life he's, he's kind of putting uh, like a cost analysis, right? He says, uh, because of your love, because I can see your love, because I've experienced your love, your love is better than life. I want us to understand, it's only when we behold him that you can actually treasure him. You, you treasure what you behold. Right? I was thinking about uh, an expensive piece of jewelry. If you go to a jeweler, uh, and you take like an expensive piece of jewelry uh, and it's a rare piece of jewelry. Let's assume it's rare. It's something, it's one of a kind. Uh, and the jeweler, uh, initially he's going to examine it. He's going to look at it closely, intently. He's going to analyze it. He's going to pay attention to, to what it is. He's going to weigh it. And then he's going to appraise the value of it. 
the, the more he pays attention to it, the more he understands the, uh, what this uh, piece of jewelry is, then he begins to understand the worth and value of it. And he begins to treasure it, right? Uh, so, so you treasure what you behold. It is only when you behold and you pay attention and you, and you, and you look intently that you begin to treasure something, right? So here you see the psalmist, he compares his life, he compares his kingdom, he compares his, his glory, he compares his power, his victories, and even his current situation. He compares uh, his starvation, his, uh, he's famished, he's exhausted. It is in the midst of all this, he says, your steadfast love is better than life. And he uses a particular word here. He says, uh, he uses the word steadfast love, and, and the Hebrew word is kesed, right? Uh, it, 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 it is a complex word which needs two words to be uh, to interpret that. It means that most of the time it is uh, it is you know, it is translated as loving kindness or loyal love or steadfast love. So 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 David is thinking about Kesed. He's thinking about the loyal love of God, and he says, God, your loyal love, your gracious love, your un, your undeserved love, your your unconditional love. It is it is there is nothing that can be compared. Not my victories, not my success, not even what I'm going through, not, not my pain, not my suffering. Nothing can be compared to your love. Your love is better than life itself. Right? So he's beholding God. And as he is beholding, he begins to treasure. He's treasuring God. Beholding and treasuring is what it means to adore God. Yeah, it, it is saying, you're looking at God and saying, nothing else is more important. Nothing else compares to your love. As you behold him, as you behold him, you begin to treasure him. You say nothing else compares to you. Not even my requests, not even my uncertainties, not even my fears, not even what I want desperately. Nothing compares to what I want in life. You are more precious. You are more precious than gold or silver. I'd rather have Jesus than anything in this world. I remember the song we sang last week, give me Jesus. You can have all this world, just give me Jesus. Knowing you is, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, you're my righteousness, you are my great reward. See, it is when I, it is when I behold I begin to compare who he is with the things of this world, and I and I and I realize there is nothing that can be compared to God. And you say, Hallowed be your name, oh God, hallowed be your name. Nothing compares to you. So the question I want to ask you is: do you behold him? Do you do you adore him? Do you treasure him? Do you treasure him? Do, do you find him? Uh, uh, of infinite value or is your heart treasuring other things is, is, is your heart treasuring other things because you are beholding other things are you captivated by other things in this world are you paying too much attention to the things of the world than to who God is and thereby you are treasuring the things of this world more than who God is Think about this. Why, why do we get disappointed in prayer? Why, why do we get disappointed in prayer? 
It is because, it's simply because we treasure other things, because we want other things more than we want God. Other things take more value in our lives than who God is. And that's why when we come to God and when our prayers are not answered, we, we get disappointed, we get upset, we get angry because something else is more treasured in my life. I want something more desperately than God. Do you want to God? Do you treasure God? It is, it is when you behold him that you treasure him. Lastly, lastly, you rejoice. It is only when you behold him, you begin to treasure him. And it is only when you treasure him that leads you to joy. That, that leads you to joy. Let's look at this. Verse 5, uh, he is beholding and he's treasuring. Verse 5, he says, my soul is satisfied as with fat and rich food. My mouth is, will, will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Remember, nothing has changed in his life. He's still in the wilderness. He's still famished. He's still thirsty. He's still hunted. He has lost everything. But he says, I will sing for joy. Verse 8, he says, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king, notice he's using almost like a third person, right? He's saying, but the king, right? He's preaching to himself. He's reminding himself. He says, the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Beautiful, right? Beautiful. It is only when you behold, my friends, you begin to treasure. It is only when you treasure that you begin to experience infinite joy. God is no longer an abstract theological concept. Concept. God is somebody you sense in your heart, in your spirit. You sense his love. You sense his comfort. You sense his joy. God is no longer someone who is useful to you. God becomes beautiful. He's not just the source of something, but he's your satisfaction. My soul is satisfied. My mouth is full of praise. My thoughts, when I meditate, when I'm sleeping, when I'm thinking, my thoughts are full of gratitude because you have been my help. You are my shade. You protect me. You uphold me. You tracking me? You with me? When you behold him, right? It's only when you behold him. When you pay attention, when you're captivated by him, when you perceive him, when you look at him intently, it is only then you begin to treasure him. You begin to treasure. You know his worth. You know his value. And it is only when you perceive his great value, you know he is yours and you know you are his. When you treasure him this way, Oh, your heart is filled with joy. Your heart is filled with joy. C.S. Lewis, uh, in his book on the reflections of the Psalms, uh, he makes a he 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 questions this, and he was here, and he's talking about his own life, and he he said he has this question in his life, and he says, why does God want us to praise Him? God keeps commanding us to praise Him in Scripture. Everywhere you see in Scripture, the page of Scripture, God constantly wants his people to praise him. Why is that? Right? 
if, if somebody if somebody I know wants me to praise them always, I'm gonna avoid them. I'm gonna like what what is wrong with this person? Right? Why why do they why do they want me to keep praising them? We wanna avoid such people. But what what is something wrong with God? Why does he want us to praise him? And he and he and he says he struggled with this idea, and then he writes this. He says, All enjoyment spontaneously overflows in praise. Lovers praise their beloved. Readers praise their favorite books. Hikers praise the scenery. Sports fans praise their teams. Stamp collectors praise rare stamps. You hear people praising weather, wine, food, actors, cars, horses, colleges, children, and mountains. He said, he also realized something. He said, not only do people spontaneously praise the things they enjoy, they just as spontaneously urge other people to enjoy, to join them in praising that. Okay? It's fascinating, right? What are you saying, right? When you enjoy something, you spontaneously praise it. But not just you, you want other people to praise it as well. Right? You want other people to enjoy it and praise it as well. It's spontaneous. And then later on, he asked the question, he said, why do we do this? Why do we do this? When we really enjoy something and think it's wonderful, why do we spontaneously praise it and tell other people how wonderful it is? Why? He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. I want you to think about this. What C.S. Lewis, he's just unlocking a beautiful mystery here. He's saying when you praise something, you, you, it not, you, it's not that you enjoy and so you praise. No, when you praise, it completes your enjoyment. It enhances your enjoyment. It's beautiful, right? It completes. And this is why, right? He says, this is why God invites us to hallow him. This is why God invites us to adore him. This is why God invites us to praise him. Because my friend, when I hallow him, it completes my joy. It completes my joy. We not only praise him, but in praising him, we enjoy God. We enjoy him. When we hallow him, we enjoy him. So you behold and you treasure and you rejoice. You enjoy. And I want to close with this thing that what, what, what was captivating David? David was captivated by Keset. David was captivated by this loyal love of God, this steadfast love. He says, when, when I, because the reason why all this is happening is because your steadfast love is, is, is better. It's better than life. What is this steadfast love? And I want you to think about this. David had a very limited understanding of what that kesed was, this loyal love, this covenantal love, this, this uh, gracious love of God. He had a very limited understanding. But you and I have a greater understanding of what Kesed means. Because we have seen Kesed personified in Jesus. We have a greater understanding. We have richer understanding of what Kesed, the loyal love of God is. Romans 8.32 says, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. My friend, that is loyal love. That is Kesed. God would go to the extent of giving his only son for you and for me because he is committed. He is loyal. He loves. He is faithful. The reason why King David was not abandoned on that day 
And the reason why you and I will never be abandoned today is because there was another king who was abandoned. There was another king who was driven out. There was another king who was crucified outside the gates and it was King Jesus. My friend, he got what we deserve. And we got what he deserved, which was glory and honor and acceptance. He was abandoned so that God will never abandon us. My friend, do you understand this? Do you, do you understand this love? And as do you behold this love, as you behold who God is, he's your loving father. And as you behold him, and as you treasure him, and as you enjoy him, my friend, no matter what your situation in life, no matter what the uncertainty, no matter what the worry is, no matter what, what your shattered dreams are, no matter what your failures or struggles or pain or, or suffering, when you behold him and when you treasure him and when you are filled with joy, my friend, the words that will flow out of your mouth is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's pray. Father, what a, what, a, what, a, what a joy to come before you. And even, even as we worship you, we want to repent of the fact that we don't adore you enough. We repent of the fact that there are other things in my life that I treasure and I adore. I, I repent of the fact that I, I am disappointed and I'm angry and I'm upset with you because I, <laughs> I treasure other things. There are other things that are more important. There are other things that captivate me. Oh, Father, our Father in heaven, who can deserve your love? You have done so much. You did not even spare your own son so that we can be washed and forgiven and redeemed and adopted. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. Nothing can be compared to you. Not, none of my sorrows and my pain, nothing can be compared to the joy I have in you. Nothing can be compared to the promises we have in you. Jesus, we thank you for what you have done on the cross. May, may that delight us. May that comfort us. May our hearts be warmed by the gospel. May we be transformed as we behold you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to let uh, Aditya lead us in a song of response. It's your breath 
in our lives. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lives. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath. In our lives, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath. In our lives, so we pour out our praise to you only. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you. Lord, it's your breath, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Thank you, Aditya. Uh, so glad we could worship God together. Uh, and I just want to remind us, right, every time we sing together like this, we adore God. Every time we come together and uh, listen to God's word preached, we, we behold him and we treasure him. Every time we read scripture, every time we gather, the reason why we gather together, the reason why we gather in homes is because we want to adore Jesus. Uh, there, there are, there's a group of people who meet in the mornings uh, at 8 o'clock every morning uh, to be able to read scripture and to be able to adore Jesus as they start the day. And I want to invite you, if you, uh, you want to join them, just, just let us know. I mean, it's, it's open to people. You can come, you can just begin the day by reading some scripture, praying together, uh, and that could be a great habit or a discipline to kickstart. A lot of times I've seen in my life when I struggle to get certain discipline in, uh, in place, it's always good to do it with friends. It's good to do it with others, right? So that 
it's a great motivator. If you want to go to gym, go with a friend, right? You want to read your Bible and you want to start getting into a habit of adoring Jesus like that, uh, get into a group of friends, right? And, and the, uh, this will be a wonderful opportunity uh, for you to do these things, right? Uh, so keep that in mind. Even as you work, uh, when you begin work on a Monday, uh, you adore God through your work. Even as you parent, you adore God through your parenting. You adore God in all these kinds of ways, right? Uh, but it is also important for us to carve out time where we are able to sit, really behold Him, to really treasure Him. And I, and I hope you will, uh, you will have those times and have those moments of enjoyment with Jesus. Uh, in a moment, we're going to split into groups. I'm so glad uh, if you're visiting us, I'm so glad you joined. Uh, today, we usually go into a small breakout uh, time where we uh, get to know others, just to talk with people. You are welcome to join us. Please join. Uh, Sunday uh, service is not just listening to something, but is they, they, the, the worship experience is enhanced because of the people of God as we interact and as we talk to each other. Uh, so I'm going to put uh, people in groups. Uh, there's an option to give. We have uh, the information in the bulletin. You can also uh, give through Google Pay and Paytm. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned Sagina's name on the bulletin. If you have any questions about these things, you're welcome to talk to her. Uh, we are grateful for your support. We're grateful for your generosity. Uh, we are really looking forward to moving back to Hostas Village and to be able to start things uh, back to normal. Uh, we are grateful for what you're doing. So let's just get into groups. And I'm going to split you into groups. And uh, we'll just meet each other and pray for each other. All right, see you on the other side. Hi. Hello. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Rob, good morning. Yeah. Show yourself, Raj. <laughs> and the Brown family, too. <laughs> oh, not in a presentable. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hey, guys. So, how are we all doing this morning? Are we, are we all based here in, in Delhi? Hi, Marie. I don't think I've met your... Yeah, hi. I'm calling in from Dehradun. Cool. Ah. Yeah. Hey, Ali. Hi, everyone. What are some of the takeaways for you guys from this morning sermon? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy question to ask in a group like this, but why not? Um, I can share something. I um, I really appreciated what Pastor Ranjit shared. And I'm thinking that um, the biggest distraction for us to doing these things, to beholding God and treasuring Him. It's just busyness and, and we live in an age of distraction, right? With phones and computers and 
that we allow ourselves to be distracted and we don't actually create space. We just fill our time. So it actually takes space to do what to do that, and we need to be intentional about that. So that was kind of my takeaway. That yeah, this is important and important enough to, to make some undistracted space for. Yeah, I think for me, it's like I, I go to God more when I'm in trouble or when I need him a lot. You know, it's not a regular sort of a relationship where I, um, you know, really revel in his presence. So I think I need to work on that. And like Marie says that, you know, a lot of distractions is in now in this day and age because you have phones always buzzing. You know, I have little kids who are always interrupting. So I think in that sense, um, just to shut away and, and spend time with God is is a bit of a struggle. But I think um, Pastor Ranjit's uh, sermon really helped in that sense, where I need to prioritize on God first. Yeah. Thank you. What about you, Dimple, Didi, and Rajesh Paya? While they are thinking of or they are speaking, but we can't hear. So your mic, I think volume is very less. Okay, while they are trying to fix that, maybe I'll share one more. Um, I think uh, when I read first time Mere Christianity, I uh, the only thing I remember, you know, like when I was little, I used to admire Sachin Tendulkar a lot, like all the Indians like cricket a lot. So, uh, and one of the examples that C.S. Lewis talks about is sportsmen admiring a sportsman. Uh, yeah, it was like right on point. Like I admire him more than <laughs> God. Uh, like how much I admire God. So uh, when you enjoy, I love watching him play. I enjoy just sitting on TV and like enjoying with friends and uh, how much we enjoy God like that. Um, so it really helped me to understand uh, how to admire and uh, enjoy God, uh, not just, it, it was like, uh, I didn't have an understanding of how to enjoy God and admire uh, God. I think that helped me to really connect. Yeah. Thank you, Raj. Aditya, what, anything for you? <clears throat> or even Ali? And Brother John? Hello? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I really like the fact when he explained the word name. So I mean how much we need to behold him and read 
Um, I think uh, I'm challenged by the C.S. Lewis quote as well. Like when we pray something, we not only express ourselves, but yeah. like I think it's like complete ourselves. So I still feel like kind of chew on that some more. I feel like, uh, yeah, it's uh, important to me to express myself, but like in that expression, uh, when you're sharing it with something else and you're praising something outside of yourself that is praiseworthy, there's like a completion of satisfaction in that that's different than just expressing it and getting it off your chest. So John, would you just close us in prayer? I think we have like 55 seconds. Sure, I can close us in prayer. That's fine. Sure. Um, Father, just thank you for uh, this message today and just pray that we would let it soak into our hearts, let your word uh, transform us and shape who we are, uh, our attitude, everything we do. Thank you for this time of uh, community with one another. Even as we are distanced from each other, I pray that we would uh, do our best to stay connected with others, even though it is very difficult during these times where we don't see people in person and it can be very discouraging. Um, I pray that you would comfort each one of us and give us courage and strength to, uh, to make it through each day, to be in your will each day, to be filled by your spirit each day. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I wish this breakout rooms were half an hour long. <laughs> All right, guys, see you at the main session. Have a great day ahead. Yeah. How are you, Pastor? How are you feeling there in the church?